0: From about 711, again, just 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700, 700. Wait, wait, it's doing it again. 700, 700, 700. This is Lucy right now in my head. 700, 700, 700, 700, 700. tech issues today because we're recording from different places.
1: Back to another episode of Fies Females of History, where we tell the stories of women from history that you should know about. Read about them, learn about them, and listen to them with us. My name is Talissa. I'm Lucy. And
0: I'm Erin. And it is your turn this week, Lucy. What do you got for us? What do you got? So this week, I want to tell you all about this woman known as Saida Al-Harrar. have you guys heard of her
1: no never oh i haven't
0: she is considered to be well some people think this has never been officially confirmed but i was reading about her and i was like she sounds like someone else and then i googled and there are some people who agree with me never been confirmed she kind of sounds like daenerys targaryen (gasps) no way yeah so except dragons no, not dragons, but there's a big vengeance bent to gotcha. her. She's very keen on taking back the lands of her people. All right. So I want to start by asking, when you think of Spain and you think of Spain through history, how much of Spain's history do you think sees it controlled by Muslim rulers? I how didn't. many years?
1: Uh, great question. And I will say that now I know it was controlled by Muslim <laughs> leaders is my answer. Erin? Ditto. Ditto, ditto, ditto. <laughs> Great.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, eight hundred years. Wow. Yeah. So you think of Spain, wow. you think Catholics. Yeah. Judges, you think like, like everywhere. You like full on Catholicism, like hardcore Jesus. Not not always. So from um, <laughs> soft core Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> um, but from about seven hundred eleven to fourteen hundred and ninety two, there was some at least some part of Spain that was under control um, by muslim people. So by the end of that it was just a small part, but at one stage it was pretty much all of it. Wow. Um the heartland of muslim rule towards the end was southern Spain and then it was Andalusia, which is the southern part. So that's think um Granada, Sevilla, uh, Ronda. It's it's the sí. southern part. Me gusta. Malaga I think is, as well is classed as Andalusia. And Andalusia is actually from Arabic. Oh. Al-Andalus. So it's just the Spanish, the romantic version of I that. I hear you saying that. All day long, I could seriously get <laughs> listen to you say that word, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. So, Alan de Luce Me was what the Moors called it, and the Moors was just the name given to everyone who is kind of just like vaguely Muslim, Cute. pretty much from the era, and that came from a Roman word. Anyway, well, we can we could do this forever. We could just keep going back and back and back and back um, through the different words, and I don't think that's this isn't an, uh, a language. Process. This is about women. Where are the women? Yeah. <laughs> so, the Golden Age. There are several different eras of rulers. So, from 756 until 1031, Jews christians lived there they retained some freedom under muslim rules they were considered better than the general standards of the time but they were still pretty rough in that they had to live in ghettos they weren't slaves they could follow their faith but they were banned from certain jobs but some leaders also elevated the christians and the jews to positions of power mainly because they could be a bit more objective than their own people who had connections to different tribes and different factions, that sort of thing. So they right. bring them up but also as a way to kind of keep the power, keep the control, keep everyone playing nice. Anyway, that was what happened. But towards the end of the – this is this is like a 30-second recap of 800 okay. years. Um, God, <laughs> towards the end, You're doing great, sweetie. So they all kind of speared off into different kingdoms, and um, which meant that they were really easy to take over and the Christians started to fight back and um, things started getting really bad. By the mid-1100s, the situation was pretty dire. And then by 1238, Granada is just the capital of Moorish power in Spain, with the Catholics having taken back most of the country. Then in 1451, a little girl named Isabella is born in Madrigal de las Altas Torres, which is slightly to the the northeast of Madrid, (laughs) and she goes on to become the first de facto queen of Spain but she needs to win the support of the nobility and her subjects. So what's the best way to win the support of people and to unite people? You find a common enemy. And that is the little part of Spain down the bottom that's still controlled by the Muslims under the um, the Nasrid dynasty or the Emirate of Granada, I believe. Now, Isabel was born in 1451. Some years later, in 1485, another little girl is born. Her name is Lala Aicha Bint Ali Ibn Rashid Al-Alami. And I think that that's how you say it. I mean, if it's not, <laughs> I don't know. We're going to call her Sayida. Now, Sayida is just a title, but that's sort of what she's referred to, kind of the same way that Daenerys Targaryen <gasps> is referred to as Khaleesi. Um, she's born in Granada in 1485. When she's two, the Portuguese begin capturing ports around Morocco. And in 1492, Granada is finally reclaimed by Isabella and Ferdinand or the um, Los Reyes Católicos. Like that's what they that's their title. They're the Catholic rulers. They're really big deal. That ends the around 800 years of Moorish rule in at least some part of Spain, at the end of the Nazarene dynasty of Granada and the last independent Muslim state in Western Europe. So Saida was born to a prominent Muslim family of Andalusian nobles, which was, as we know now, the southern part of Spain. And the thing is that when Los Reyes Católicos took over Granada, that commenced the forced expulsion of all of the Muslim people who... Lived there and the forced conversions, too. Ugh. In fact, by the end of the Reconquista, which was the reconquest of Spain, and that's what it's I just want to be clear I'm not just using Spanish words for the sake of using them, like it's referred to as the Reconquista. Historian Henry Kamen believes that the Spanish armies murdered and enslaved up to 100,000 Muslims and forced another 20,000 to flee. Jesus. Yep. So, Saida and her family escaped to Morocco when she's about seven years old, where they settled in Chefchaouen. She's the blue city. Yeah. If anyone has been on Pinterest ever yeah. in their life,
1: that is the blue
0: city. In, in fact, Morocco. it's referred to as the blue pearl of Morocco. So she had a happy childhood, even though there was a fair bit of resentment still lingering over her and her family because they were forced to leave Granada. She had a good education. She learned Spanish, Portuguese. She was taught by this Moroccan scholar, Abdallah Al Ghazwani, and I Googled him not just a scholar, he's also apparently a saint and one of the seven saints of Marrakesh. So um, scholars renowned for their abilities, um, Al-Ghazwani, he was known for his skill in sinking wells and constructing channels. So that was her teacher. So at 16, she marries the the re-founder and the governor of Tetuan, who was another Andalusian refugee, Ali Al-Mandri. He is reportedly 30 years her senior um, some people say that she actually married his son. It's not really clear. All we know is that it was generally an arranged marriage that was agreed to when she was born, when she had a lot of say in the matter. But despite the age difference, apparently they were really happy and they respected each other. So that's nice. That's nice. Kind yeah. Of. So apparently, Saida had two children, but there's not a lot spoken about that and sayida was apparently also her husband's partner in the diplomatic game that's what fatima Manisi, who is this very celebrated islamic feminist scholar and historian wrote in the queens of in the forgotten queens of islam we should also google fatima because she's awesome so sayida and her husband restored tetuan because it had been destroyed by the spanish earlier in the century due to it being a piracy hub now they rebuilt the high walls around the city and the Grand Mosque and they redesigned the structure of the city so that it had like a maze-like structure, which was just a headache for potential invaders because they kept getting turned around and getting lost. Tetuan is nicknamed the White Dove and it's located in northern Morocco. It's one of the two major ports on the Mediterranean Sea. Huh. It's a, few, a little bit south of the Straits of Gibraltar. There you go. And it's 60 kilometres yeah. uh, away from Tangier. Okay, so that's that we, now we are... <laughs> We are located geographically. Mm-hmm. I can give you the latitude and the longitude if you want, but I don't think it's. I'll pass. That but interesting. I'll It's there. Yeah. So they rebuilt it. They rebuild it and they make it beautiful. And it's now actually a, the old city of Tetuan is now a UNESCO World Heritage Site, in part due to the work that she and her hub did. It became a full fledged, like a thriving city under their rule, also because there was the refugee influx from the Reconquista. Now, she was also the de facto vice governor. So whenever he was away, she kind of, she looked after things. Then he died in 1515 when she was around about 30. And she becomes governor, scoring the title of Al-Hara, which means the last queen. Now, some historians think that Saida was really accepted because of the time that she'd spent working with her husband and just like, you know, the people respected her. Because they knew is. her. Yeah. Yeah. Other historians think that she was respected because of Isabella in Spain so the idea of there being a female ruler just wasn't it wasn't nuts right others still believe she was respected because she was a pirate leader go on I'm excited about this part yeah so some say that she was more of a privateer now the thing is that pirate privateer pirate privateer they're kind of the same thing. It just depends on who, who you're talking about. Like it would be, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone to in one sentence, you know, um, blast the pirates stealing all their money. And at the same time, commending the brave privateers who stole money back from other people. What's a privateer? So um, generally speaking, piracy has been used throughout history as a, just kind of a policy, you know, like they would have state sanctioned pirates or privateers who were given free reign to attack merchants from an enemy kingdom. Because you could, that was just like, you just take their loot. You take their stuff. Yeah. So a privateer is a pirate. It's just another Pretty much. But they're a state-sanctioned pirate. That's the difference. So a pirate is someone who does it to you. A privateer is when you do it to them. Pirate politics. Yeah. Pickled peppers. Yeah. And (laughs) it was like, it was, they 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 were a big deal at the time. They were a big problem. Anyway, so her husband's dead she's never really gotten over her forced exile. She wants to take on the Catholics and take back Andalusia. Remember, Tetuan was a former pri- uh, pirate city and now it's also got all of these refugee families from Andalusia who are also pissed off. And they keep trying to take it back. They keep trying to, I guess, just harry the Spaniards, but not with any success, largely because the efforts had been very uncoordinated. So Saida has, a, has a, a solution, if you want to call it that. So around that period and region there were the barbary pirates that was just what the christians referred to as the muslim pirates who ravaged the mediterranean shipping trade for like several hundred years now a meeting between saida was arranged and a man dubbed the king of the mediterranean seas orich race who was a turkish greek man now he was also known as barbarossa that's from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, the very famous. Yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush. Yes. <laughs> so he was already an ally because Barbarossa had been. Which Barbarossa also just means red beard. So it's unclear whether he had a red beard or what. If that was a nickname. Anyway, this guy, this pirate, called Barbarossa. Barbarossa sounds way more fearsome because you're like, I'm pirate red
1: beard. And I'm be like, yeah, cool. Maybe like I'm Barbarossa. And I'm like, whoa, who's that guy? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a scary name. He um, I think he also had, I think he actually did have like a metal, like a peg leg or, a, or a hook or something. I don't know. There was something that made him very pir- piratical
1: when I was reading. And maybe about the it. parrot on his shoulder or the eye patch on his eye. One of the not things, or
0: maybe a trifecta. Yeah, all of them at once. Yeah, he yeah. had um, he had an interesting history. So he was actually already an ally of um, Saedas because he had been helping relocate um, refugees fleeing the Catholic Armada, and um, so they were they were already kind of like. I see you. You see me. And he'd actually started out as a legitimate merchant, but then his brother was killed he, and he was captured in a the raid. Then he was rescued by another of his brothers and then he became a privateer because he was like, fuck all of you. I'm going to yep. take some gold. So that's, that's the story behind Barbarossa. They're um, taken on, they become Morocco's, the region at the time, they're big privateer lords. They kind of ruled one part of the Mediterranean and then Saida began to rule the other part so she worked with Barbarossa of Algiers um piracy helped them get money and captives and also I think it probably just felt really really good to be stealing from the Spaniards after they had been forced to flee so just a quick recap so Isabella and Ferdinand are in Spain. They've kicked out all of the Muslims. Yep. Saida is in Morocco and Tetuan. Her husband's just died. She's now Alhara, which means the queen. She's actually the, Khaleesi, the last. The if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, and she has partnered with Barbarossa, who is a Turkish Greek pirate slash privateer, <laughs> to a slashy. Who's well, the slashy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to 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 exact revenge. Damn. So. The plunder made her city rich. Now, families who had lost everything, all of their money to the Reconquista were repaid. It was prosperous. She was popular and she was a really good leader. Any attempts to negotiate the release of captives. So went through her. So the Spanish and the Portuguese respected her as a leader too. Yeah. Yeah. According to this Spanish historian, Germán Vázquez Chamorro, the Portuguese prayed for God to allow them to see her hanged from a ship's mast. Now the thing is that that was never going to happen, because Saida never actually went out on the ships. She just controlled oh. the pirate army from her little nest in Tetuan. She never went on the ships. She you just, know what? she just, she just controlled them from afar. She pulled the strings. That's the way to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Being
1: seasick would suck, and I just think she's really got it made.
0: Yeah, smart yep. lady. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she was very, very smart. Now, um, the Spanish they had to negotiate with her and. Yeah, she was happy to manage things behind the scenes and she took much booty and many prisoners. <laughs> booty. Yes. <laughs> um, then in 1541, she, she's, she's incredibly powerful. She agrees to marry Ahmed al who was the sultan of the Moroccan Wattasid dynasty mm-hmm. at the time. So he's the sultan of Fez. So in 1541, she agrees to marry this sultan. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this is really, really notable. He... Agrees to travel from Fez to Tetuan to marry her. Can confirm, long way. And that is the only time in history that that has ever happened, where a sultan has agreed to travel to marry. Normally, they would have gotten married in Fez. Like that's the equivalent of Harry going to Florida to marry Meghan. You know, it would have. Well, he been- did end
1: up going to America. Yeah, he did for the right (laughs) reasons. We like Harry, but it would have been
0: when we love Liza Minnelli helping them move. Although she did, she didn't actually in the end. Um, (laughs) That um, is such an
1: Easter egg for anyone who's
0: (laughs) listened to more than one episode. If you haven't, go back and find it because it's worth (laughs) it. So that happens. He comes to Tetuan, they get married, and she. I mean, she's like she's pretty happy staying there. She's like, "Dude, you go back to Fairs. I'm going to stay in Tetuan." Um, I got my own thing going on. I think it was. I think it might have been a bit of a political arrangement. Because it doesn't sound like they're very in love if they're happy to be living that far apart from each other. Some um, um, people like their space.
1: Yeah, that's true. I do. Be, no, I'd rather be. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be like a baby Bjorn on the front of my partner, just there in a little seat. Just hello. Just me. Don't mind me. Poor Blake. That's nice. <laughs> He's gonna hear this and be like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> He
0: anyway, anyway, let's worry, just he say knows. you're a little bit different to the the, the pirate queen of <laughs> what gave it away yeah i don't know you're, you're not quite the same person no not at all um now she makes her brother vizier to ahmed again solidifying her power and helping to unify morocco against the still growing catholic threat fatima manisi the same woman fatima the awesome author uh historian feminist describes her as the undisputed leader of the pirates in the Western Mediterranean Sea in that book, The Forgotten Queen's Islam. So she was in charge of the Western. Barbarossa was in charge of the Eastern. I kind of wish she ended up with Barbarossa. I just, I see a little bit of chemistry I mean, there.
1: Spoiler, I really was hoping that would happen. No,
0: it doesn't happen. Um Boo. Eventually she's overthrown in 1542 by her son-in-law, which is annoying. Son-in-law? Um, <laughs> Yeah.
1: Ugh. Bloody days of our lives, this story. <laughs> very dramatic. I know. It does feel very Game of Thronesy. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Some people say that it was
0: other people. At some stage, though, her rule ends. And the most common thread is that it was this guy, Muhammad, um, She's stripped of her property. She retires to Chef Xiaonan, where she lives for another 20 years. Other people say it was her stepson who deposed her. So who knows? You know, it's, it's really frustrating. You get to a certain point in history and they're like, yeah, she did this. She did that. She did this. And then you get to the end. And they're like, oh, we don't actually really know what happened. And you're like, That's what so do you mean?
1: <laughs> what do you mean? How
0: do I finish this podcast with this, <laughs> with this kind of ambiguous ending? I don't know. Maybe she shacked up with um, Barbarossa.
1: Maybe, well, maybe. a girl can dream.
0: Yeah, but what we know is some man took over, and I bet it became a shit show. That's the story. So Saida translates to the lady who is free and independent. Alhara is the queen, and she was the last, just considered the last Muslim queen. Wow. Um, Alhara is also the name of an American Arab language pirate radio station, used um, as a counter to Al Jazeera, which I thought was interesting. Pirate radio. Ooh. Alhara, the pirate. Interesting. That's the that's the story of
1: Saida. My favorite part about it is that she was a pirate queen who didn't touch the water, and I really respect that as <laughs> someone who gets easily seasick. <laughs> Truly.
0: Yeah, she just I just liked the image of her sort of in Tetuan. Like it's just, it's it's just cool. So she gets kicked out of Granada. And then she goes to Tetuan, marries the governor, rebuilds this former pirate city that was destroyed by the Spanish to, become, to make it into another pirate city. Then she builds a pirate army, takes over half of the Mediterranean Sea, wreaking Amazing. havoc on the Spaniards and the Portuguese. And then she gets proposed to by like the Sultan and she makes him come to her. Like she's epic. Yeah, she's a, lot of- she's a woman who knows what she wants. <laughs>
1: Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Fierce Females of History. Of course, you can find us on Instagram at Fierce Females Podcast and Facebook, Fierce Females of History. Please take a screenshot, share it on your story. We want to see who you are, where you are. Sometimes we see random countries pop up where you're listening, and it's bloody amazing. So keep it coming.
0: Or you could get yourself a pirate ship. You could commandeer a ship, if you will, um, and then we could. With can your do booty. Change over the flags. You know how like pirate ships and ships in general had different flags to yeah. signify different things. And you get a flag, that means a
1: bit of advertising for us. Go do it. Hit the water.
0: Fierce female. Yeah, put put the flag up of us. <laughs> God, that, that's so obvious. I was You've done so many. I was, like, I was like, I was like, as I go through my naval flag history, I was like, white means surrender. And that was it. <laughs> Wait, advertising on the water. Do it. <laughs>